Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, automizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. J.C. Sherwood inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spur. J.C., what's going on, my friend? How are you? Hey, great. So you're getting new digs, man. That's a, that's nice. Happy yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Upgrading, awesome. man. Yeah, upgrading some new digs, man. So it'll be a little bit of a different uh, 
a little bit of a different layout. You know, I'm somebody, I, I like to change up the studio in the background and uh, just change up the look, if you will, just keep things fresh or what have you. But uh, it'll be a work in progress as, as it always is, which is the fun part. But my friend, again, I appreciate you taking the time. How was your weekend? How was everything? Obviously, we're going to get in the details of uh, what happened over the weekend, some other things happening right now as well. But uh, what, what's what's the latest on, uh, on J.C. Sherbert's side of things? Yeah, I... Um... You know, any, I sat there on Saturday, and I thought, you know, Friday was a heavyweight battle. Just didn't go the Gamecocks' way. Lots of things, you know, the game kind of turned on two plays, three plays really. Uh, the uh, the double play on the with the bases loaded obviously was huge. Um, the uh, phantom interference call with Wimmer, which was awful, uh, and then Will Sanders made one mistake. Oh. Uh, right there in a close game. Uh, so it's kind of a heavyweight fight. 5-4 goes either way. I think with Florida, having watched them through the years, they're at their best when they're, they've they got momentum. Uh, and they know they can get out. But they're at their worst when you sort of get to them a little bit, and then they kind of press or get down. I mean, it's a kind of a weird phenomenon with them. Um, so heading into Saturday, you know, you, you'd think the Gamecocks would respond and, they just ran into a bus all with Waldrop. I mean, I sat there, gosh, third, fourth inning on and told my fiance we were sitting out on the porch grilling and watching the game. I was just like, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy the rest of the season because I don't, I, you know, and I wasn't being like negative fan. I just, that guy was just sick. Waldrop was sick. I mean, you'd sit there and you'd watch the ball go towards the catcher's mitt, and it would break three feet in the dirt, swing and miss, or break in there when you played the game. I mean, when these guys are on like that, <laughs> then you're not really seeing the ball that well. That's difficult to be patient at the plate or that patient to, or that that kind of eye to get to him. So, yes, hats off to the Gators. Uh, you know, I think anytime a season comes to an end when it's baseball it, with, with college, it's extra sad because it's the end of the school sports year, right? Mm-hmm. We kind of go into this uh, no Gamecock sports until football and start talking football to death, right? Uh, and so that's a little sad. Uh, big picture-wise, though, I, I think Carolina had a resurgent season. They improved 15 games. They won 76% of the two-thirds of their games all year. They got to a super regional Uh and so, I, I, you know, a lot of people after the Florida loss wanted a coaching change or whatever. And, look, I, I thought after last year you could make a very strong case for it. But when the decision's made to bring him back and get all these portal guys and then you have the kind of year you do, and then you've got a, a lump of players coming back off this year's team that have had success that probably – will have a bad taste in their mouth about that super regional showing and come back focused. And, you know, guys like Messina and Petri, those guys don't like to lose. I mean, they, 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 it bothers them. Um, probably more so than a lot of players that have been through this program the last 10 years, to be honest. Uh, and when you talk about competitiveness and desire. Uh, and so they're back. Uh, there's a lot of uh, other guys back. Uh, I think, South Carolina is going to do a good job of the portal, getting some other pieces. They've already started that. Um, and so, uh, hey, there you go. I think, uh, you know, I don't I don't necessarily believe this season bought 
Mark Kingston anything more than next season. And I say that, you know, with respect and, you know, uh, applauding the job he did this year. Uh, and I think he'd probably agree with me. You know, you can't backslide. You can't say, oh, well, they, they peaked with the great run of the Super Regionals in 2023 and just going to go back to being little old South Carolina. And now this is South Carolina baseball. Um, you know, so the idea I think would be, and I, and I have some faith they can do this, is to go load up in the portal, get your guys back, try to, you know, if there is something that was causing the injuries, try to fix that, stay healthy next year and make a run, because I think this team on paper absolutely can. Um, and so that that's kind of my long-term view of things, uh, you know, as, as far as all that goes. Um with baseball, but yeah, it's, it, 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 there's some, there's some sadness anytime the baseball season ends just because of where it falls in the calendar. And you just kind of know, well, next, next Gamecock sporting event is it, that you're looking at. It's probably going to be uh, the one that everybody, you know, is following or whatever. It'll be North Carolina Bank of America stadium in September. So. No, JC, I, I echoed that yesterday uh, on our show that, you know, when the, the, the baseball season ends, it's one of those things where you've just, you've invested so much of yourself into practically every game, every pitch for months on end. And it's just all of a sudden comes to this abrupt end, obviously. And some of these guys that you grew so fond of that you watched every single day, practically, you know, some of them you'll never see in Garnet and Black again. And so I think that's what's really tough to, to stomach, tough to grasp. And really the only way you don't get that sad feeling is if you win your last game and you win it all and you, you take home the hardware. So uh, you know, to your point, JC, though, I agree. And I, I know Kingston echoed this as well. They ran into a buzzsaw. I, I don't think anybody in the country would have beaten Hurst and Waldrop on Saturday. And I, I just, you know, JC, honestly, it's it's why I picked Florida to win the series because I felt like as good it, – it's not a knock on South Carolina. It's just like when you've got to travel and go on the road to to Florida's field with their fan base and their backing, they got their pitchers on their bump, their hitters in a place, they love to swing it. And, you know, you were going to have to – play your A-plus game, I think, to take down Florida. And I'll be honest, to beat Hurston Waldrop, it may have taken even more than that. So, J.C., now that it's all said and done, right, we've had a couple of days to process things, and you kind of just touched on it. But, you know, and I, and I do agree with you. I, I thought the, the energy from some calling for Mark Kingston's job was interesting, at least for me. Like, I, you know, the expectations that we set in the preseason were super regionals or bust. Well, he met that. And we all knew this was a pivotal year. This was a big year, and I do agree with you. You can't get complacent. You can't say, well, we we reached the pinnacle. We all know that this is not the pinnacle for South Carolina baseball. But, you know, back to the 2023 season, now that we've had a couple of days, J.C., when you look back on it, how do you view the season as a whole? Was it a season in which you felt like they met expectations, they exceeded expectations, fell short of expectations? Because I will say this. I can understand how some folks would be disappointed when you look back at the fact that South Carolina at one point was 34 and six and they were ranked third in the country. And you could have argued they were the best team in all of college baseball. And so I just wonder what's going to be remembered from this season. And I think unfairly it might be the slide in the last month, which I mean, JC, it felt like, a collapse similar to what like the 2007 football team went through when they started six and one and were ranked six in the country and literally lost their five last five games in a row didn't go to a bowl game so anyways like when you look back on 2023 
What's going to stand out to you, and would you label the 2023 season as a success? I, I think it's a it's a it's a bare it's a I don't want to say a bare minimum standard because you know obviously this team needs to be in the NCAA tournament every year. I think that's the bare minimum standard, but it was you know an average good year around here. Um, uh, I, I think it, I think it's troubling in some ways when you look and see that since Ray Tanner uh, stopped being the coach, the Gamecocks are two and eight in re- super regional games, whereas they used to very rarely. I don't think they ever got swept, and then they did some sweeping on their own. But um, you know, if, if that's something that sticks with me, it's more of a long term trend, kind of worrisome trend sort of deal. Uh, and, and I think look. Uh, when you talk about expectations, you know, preseason expectations, absolutely. They met them and probably surpassed them. Um, mid-year expectations, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, a lot of that had to do with injuries, uh, a lot of it. Um, and having to miss, mix and match the lineup, uh, I, I think that had they not done what they did in the regional, and, and I've heard some crazy talk about, oh, they didn't. They got a very favorable regional. Yeah, a lot of teams do. Are we, are we going? Are we going to throw back the Connecticut Super Regional a few years ago because Clemson didn't make it? You didn't have to play Clemson. We're going to throw that one back, right? Uh, how about those that time in the regional that Liberty put Clemson out? And you didn't have to play them. You going to throw that <laughs> one back? I mean, come on. I mean, that happens in baseball all the time. I mean, you know, you don't always play. Uh, you know, it, the the draw is the draw. You know, and. Mm. NC State had a hot, hot night against Campbell. Campbell's bats, Campbell's bats came alive all of a sudden. So, uh, you know, I'm not. I, I think I think what they did in the regional was great. Uh, they got off the schneid. They went down. They battled in one game. Uh, got shut out in another against a great team. Um, so, did they meet the expectations we probably all had in the in the midseason? No, but but that's part of being in a program like South Carolina. <laughs> you, you, when you start 34 and six and are third in the country, um, whereas in 2000, uh, for a program that hadn't been to Omaha in 15 years and had struggled since joining the SEC to even get to the tournament, that everybody's going gaga and crazy. This is great, super. Uh, but now, you know, you've got national championship banners, and uh, okay, so that's going to raise the expectations. You know, you start that, you get third in the country, everybody's thinking Omaha. People are making reservations, and rightfully so. Those are the expectations of this baseball program. Um, what I get to, though, and what, what I want to give Mark Kingston credit for, you know, this guy had uh, last season, with, with the, the, the losing season, and I'm not excusing any losing season under any circumstances. <clears throat> the uh, Sort of the DNA of this program is win anyway. But – you kind of look back on last year. They didn't have a lot of good players. Everybody's hurt. They had no pitchers. They really rarely got swept. They battled. They fought. Um, you know, it just it just wasn't going to work out. Uh, and so you get to thirty four and six. You're riding high. Uh, everybody's giving you praise and stuff like that. Um, you're hitting the ball a lot better. You're pitching really well. You, you may be the best team in college baseball. Uh, and then the bottom drops out because of what they went through last season, it would have been easy for Mark Kingston to probably let some self-doubt creep in on his own, maybe start to press a little bit. Um, I'll tell you this, from based on what I know from some contacts inside the program, 
he's a different coach today than he was two years ago. Uh, he's more relaxed, laid back, uh, not as uptight. I think he's realized, hey, you know, this generation of dudes, we got to kind of, it can't be <laughs> rigid. <laughs> Rigidness does not always pay off. Uh, he kept it fun. He kept it light. And he kept this team focused. That's what a head coach does. I mean, you're hitting coach, coach is hitting. You're pitching coach, coach is pitching. And I, this is probably, I think this is a direct quote from him when we had him on the show. Um you know, the head coach, his job is to sit there and help recruit and get guys in there and get players in there <laughs> and to get, and to manage the team and, and to keep, their, you know, the teams taking on the personality of their coach. So I thought, you know, keeping the players from throwing in the towel, you know, keeping the sulking from happening. You heard it in the pre, pre the post game after every loss, Cole Messina, Jack Mahoney, those guys, Hey, we're not, we're not, we're, we're, we're keeping it positive. I think he deserves credit for that because that's what head good head coaches do that. You know, they, it's not so much that bad things happen. It's how you respond. And, and a bad head coach will let it snowball. Hmm. A good head coach will get his team up off the mat. And I think that's what he did, but uh, you know, that's a long way of saying that uh, is this a, 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 a game caught baseball team that we're all going to look back on in a few years and say, Oh my God. That team was so great. I miss those guys so much. Uh, if only we could be that good again. I hope not. Because <laughs> that those aren't the expectations. Right. Uh, but, but, and that's the negative part of it is, that you, you know, you can't backslide. But the positive part of it is maybe this is the team that we all look back on and say, these guys got it turned around and pointed, they got the ship pointed in the right direction. So you can continue to build, continue to get back to that place, uh, which you want to be, which is Omaha, Nebraska this time of year. Now, JC, you mentioned the transfer portal and roster turnover is inevitable, right, in college sports, especially with the way the transfer portal is. Uh, Gamecocks infielder Michael Braswell, right-handed pitcher Brett Thomas, they have both entered the portal, also South Carolina yesterday, picking up a commitment from Liberty Liberty transfer left-handed pitcher Garrett Ganey. Um, your overall thoughts on those, and I mean, do you expect how much more? I'll say how much more roster turnover do you expect in the portal via additions, via departures? And did the Braswell departure surprise you at all, based off of what you had heard? Yes and no. Um, I, you know, mid-season, I, I think it was a, a given that he was gone. Hmm. Um. Things kind of turned a little bit, and then he was talking about staying and, and, and housing and stuff like that for the summer and coming back. And so, like he was coming back, but then for the last couple of weeks, it's like he he was gone again. Um, Brazil wants to play shortstop. Okay, so I, I don't think that the coaches were in a position, and, and probably rightfully so, to guarantee him he was going to be the shortstop next year. Um, it's just being honest with your players. Uh, I think he's a good player. I think he's been one of the more consistent performers the last couple of years. I hate to see him go. Uh, do I think the Gamecocks can replace him? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I have no doubt about it. But, um, you know, that. so that that was, that was one of those things, Chris, it's like it, it's kind of like the season. Uh, it was a surprise, then it wasn't a surprise. Now it's a surprise again, you know, that kind of thing. It's like you're going to Omaha, you're not going to Omaha, oh, this is okay, you know, that kind of thing. Um as far as Brett Thomas, my understanding is he just wants to go someplace he can pitch. Probably didn't project to, to, to pitch that much. Uh, the kid they got from, was it Liberty, you said? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Gary Gainey, the lefty. Yeah, his they need left-handed arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, I'm not a. You can ask me to evaluate a football player, and I can I can tell you, baseball. I, I, I'm not an evaluator. I just kind of repeat what I hear from people that know. Uh, I was told don't let the ERA, it's really high, fool you. A lot of pitchers had high ERAs this year. Uh, teams only hit 277 against him. Um, and they just need left-handed arms, and they're kind of at a premium right now. So uh, I'd say that's a good pickup. As far as outgoing guys in the portal, Chris, I think you're maybe looking at one or two more, but nobody's significant. I mean, the, the draft is going to be the big thing. And yeah. I don't know that there's really anybody even on the fence with the draft. Maybe Gavin Casas is somebody you look mm-hmm. at uh, that could go, could stay. Um, just a bit, everybody's back. I, I do think Carolina will end up with 10 plus from the portal incoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some holes to fill. They filled some of those holes. You know, they're going after talent upgrades. And if they can get, if they can really solidify things, you know, I, I think with the guys they have returning back, if they gel and, you know, they can avoid some of these unfortunate injuries, especially. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply on the mound because you know you have older pitchers that are departing uh that position kind of gets a little thinner um then uh you can have a special carolina could have a special season next year so that's uh that's what the hope is but you know as far as who exactly is coming and who will go elsewhere you know that's kind of all still up in the air uh, a bit in terms of specifics but uh just based on kind of the broad um you know, the broad amount of talent uh, that, that's been mentioned to me, I, I think they have a chance to do a re- have a really good portal hall uh, and really solidify this thing. So, JC, you mentioned the, the MLB draft with decisions being made. So does it sound like then that Will Sanders, James Hicks, and I think Jack Mahoney is the big one that I was kind of like, you know, I wonder what his decision-making will be. Does it sound like those guys are probably – going to take the next step and, and pursue professional baseball or is there still, do you think there's still decisions to be made there as well? I think Sanders and Hicks are both gone uh, with Mahoney. 
I'd say, I'd say 85% gone. Um, you know, I suppose like last year, Braylon Wimmer was probably 85% gone at this point too. Um, but, uh, you know, guys that have had that, that Tommy John surgery that are pitchers that, and I think Jack now knows that's his ticket in baseball. Uh, if he wants to play in the pros is, is pitching. Yeah. You have a shelf life with your arm and, you know, I think you're, if your dreams to go play and, and make it to the show, MLB, you know, it's probably time to start on that. And you don't really want to go back and risk anything. Uh, I think with your arm, um, you know, position players, it's, it's more, a lot of times about money, you know, slot value, things like that. But, uh, you know, the only two big names that wouldn't be a complete shock if they came back to me would be Mahoney, but I, I wouldn't call it likely. And then, then, then Wimmer, you never know. Braylon Wimmer loves playing college baseball. He got, what would that be like year eight for him? <laughs> I was about to say it. I didn't know, uh, JC, I didn't know he had another one. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know he had another one. I think he committed during the Obama administration. I mean, he's, you know. (laughs) College baseball's version of Perry Ellis. Yeah, man. He's, he's there boy. But, uh, (laughs) so I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I would think, but it's safe to say both those are gone. And and it's kind of cool this year, Chris, because, you kind of have a like a demarcation line, you know. These guys drafted, go, go, go. These guys, they're not going to get drafted. They have, they probably have not a lot of options to go anyway. They're going to stay. Uh, like I said, Gavin Casas could be a guy that gets drafted and maybe gets above slot, but uh, the indications are, you know, he's probably coming back too. So that mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting situation at, at first base DH next year with him and uh, Jacob Copeland. Um, and then there's another guy that could be in the mix I, I read about whose name escapes me. So, you know, that, that'll be uh, fascinating to watch at first base uh, with that battle next fall. And you mentioned, J.C., the shelf life of pitchers and injuries and, you know, kind of taking advantage of the draft when you can. I, I just kind of wonder what's going through Noah Hall's mind right now after turning down money last year. The draft comes back, hurt the entire year. I mean – I would assume he's gone, right? I mean, I, I think he's probably still going to get drafted. And I'd have to imagine he takes it, correct? I mean, I, I think that's pretty much a, a done deal or uh, there, you know, any movement. I, it's part of the reason you didn't see him again this year is he is going to get drafted. I I, yeah. uh, I, uh, I, I think, no, number one, when, when you're an athlete, even when you're like a human being in general, uh, as we all get older, having issues with your back is a yeah is debilitating um it could not only derail your athletic or derail your life hmm. uh so you got to be extra careful with that um and then uh number two i i think he did enough this year uh to where he can get uh probably more than he got last season i, I fully i'd be I'd be absolutely stunned if he came if he came back or Will Sanders came back. Th- those guys are are out the door. So, um, yeah. you know, but that's uh, you know, it, it, but it's logical. You're, I mean, that's a logical thought that hmm. oh, well, he's injured, so maybe you know, because that happens in other sports. I I just think in his particular situation, knowing what I know, I'd I'd be completely stunned if he if he came back. But hmm. uh, yeah, that's certainly. Certainly did welcome welcome him back with open arms, but I, 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 I doubt that'll happen. <laughs> no, JC, I do agree with you. Hey, let's move to from baseball to the recruiting side of things because we as as we all know, JC, it's the month of June, which means it's 
Beamer Ball season. It's Shane Beamer season. Three welcome homes dropped yesterday. One of them, which we know in the five-star kicker and punter, Mason Love. The other two we are unaware of right now, but I think we've got a pretty good indication. Three-star linebacker Fred Johnson's going to announce in a couple of days. So, again, I'm not trying – we're obviously not trying to spoil any announcements, but – Basically, simultaneously, as Shane Beamer tweets the welcome home, that announcement drops. And the Gamecock have been projected or sitting good standing to get him. Just talk about those three welcome homes, JC. What you know about each, of course, we know Mason Love is official. And then the other two, if you can project overall thoughts on, on that. It seems like the recruiting momentum in the month of June is beginning for South Carolina. Yeah, you know, I, I think that a few years ago, Will Muschamp called a lot of crap signing a scholarship kicker and scholarship punter in the same class, but boy, that's worked out, right? <laughs> Kai Kroger and Mitch Jeter have been phenomenal. Um, and, and I think that when you have a program like South Carolina that emphasizes special teams, not only just emphasizing it uh, under Beaver, but having tangible results in that third part of the game, game-changing types of results. And, and it's been everything, Chris, from block kicks uh, to kick returns, to punt returns, to fakes all over the place. And then, you know, you just had your kind of old-timey field position game and field goal game up at Clemson. Uh, you know, the, the special teams have, have directly impacted winning and losing, winning uh, in the Beamer era. And so, uh, whereas a few years ago, people were like, ah, why are you going to take a punter? Uh, because – when you take a punter or a kicker on scholarship, it screws up your your team recruiting ranking because <laughs> they, they don't rank kickers and punters that high, so it kind of brings down your people like, ah, why do they do this, you know? Um, but I think with the, the emphasis on it here at this program, uh, Mason Love going and getting, you know, top three, top four punter in the country, uh, that's pretty awesome because one day Kai Kroger is going to go. Uh, and if there's a punter in the country that could probably go pro early, uh, it, it'd probably be Kai Kroger. Uh, but uh, so we'll see. Even if not, you know, you're going to need somebody to eventually take his place. He can't play forever. Mm-hmm. He's not Braylon Wimmer. Um, and, and then, you know, so so that's one. And, and I'm glad that they they got that done. And uh, I know Coach Limbo is pretty happy about, about getting that guy. Uh, you know, you mentioned Fred Johnson. You know, I, is he the number two one? Yeah, I can't confirm that totally, but it, it you know, there is some coincidences there. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, a kid like that from the what's called the 757, the Tidewater area, Virginia, Virginia Beach, that's the type of player that Frank Beamer made an absolute living on at Virginia Tech. Uh, that that area, they've got a lot of great players. It's not that heavily recruited. It's sort of a tight-knit football community, so not just anybody could go in there and get guys. Frank Beamer had the pipeline sort of there, and it's kind of funny because, you know, those kids from 757, they'd all go to Virginia Tech, and they'd drive right through Charlottesville to get there. (laughs) So uh, that was always kind of interesting. But, um, you know, that is a part of the country that South Carolina can really do well in. Uh, and you look and, and, and you saw this kid, you know, he came to campus. He's 6'3", he's 225, he ran 4'4", 5". His broad jump was off the chain. He's got a big wingspan. You watch him on tape. Uh, he come off the edge. He plays some receiver. I mean, he's a big-time athlete. Um, and, and you kind of 
combine him with Wendell Gregory and, and your Pup Howards and your bigger, longer linebackers, and you kind of start to see now kind of what Clayton White kind of envisions for those uh, those two inside linebacker spots at Carolina. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that uh, if he indeed is uh, the second welcome home, we'll find out on Saturday. Uh, that's a heck of a pickup. I mean, even if you are a person out there that just loves star ratings and you don't, you don't think, you know, anybody can play that's not four stars. Uh, our guys at 24 seven sports immediately rated him 89, which is the highest three star you can get, which means he's in the position to possibly move up with a very good, uh, senior season. So he is a worthy prospect and certainly somebody Gamecock fans should be excited about. Now, the third one. Uh, I'll just say this because this one's probably going to take a little while. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't anticipate what, what I guess we're calling it a reveal now, a reveal, mm. <laughs> a reveal. Um, I think the reveal is is probably a little ways away. Uh, but I'll say this, Chris, and, and I found this out while I was doing the show earlier. Um, it's not who everybody thinks it is. <laughs> and that's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, and, 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 uh, and I text you off the air and I gave you my opinion as to who I thought it was and I was wrong. So, uh, which is good news because if you, if you think it's that one guy and, and it's not, then you probably get a guy that's going to make you even happier. And I, I think they're still getting that one guy. So uh, rest your head uh peacefully you know because uh it, it's all going to turn out good for the Gamecocks but I do I will say this about that third one I think it's going to take a little bit of time uh to get that reveal um, am I talking about Xavier McLeod level time no no but I I, I wouldn't expect anything for a couple of weeks or mm-hmm. weeks and some change on that one yeah you got to love how Shane Beamer really holds us all in suspense because I think Mush Champ when he tweeted Spurs up it was like as the prospect was announcing Beamer will just throw yeah. it out there the second he gets the word from the player and it might be months until they say anything so it just really leaves us in suspense of like hey man it's been 3 months like who was this guy and uh, I don't know. It's it's. Well, it kind of gives us yeah. something to do in the offseason. Yeah, we're sitting there tracking it. Like, oh, well, how many are there? You know, well, yeah. who are we missing? Everybody's making yeah. spreadsheets and stuff. Yeah, Muschamp didn't do it until the kid was ready to go public. Yeah, Beamer just does it. But you know what, Chris? Uh, there's never been a welcome home that has not publicly committed. Um, now, there's been some that haven't signed. In other words, they flip or decommit, go to another yeah. school, whatever. But they've all come through. I mean, I, I was a little nervous about last season or last cycle with, with McLeod because he was the very first welcome home. And uh, people were like, he's going to Georgia. And I'm like, that first welcome home came the day after Georgia had their national championship day celebration. And he was there in Athens and he came home and committed to Carolina. That has to mean something, but I couldn't say it. You know, I wasn't going to sit there and say it. Right, right. I, mean, I just, you know, it's kind of like a, like my partner on the big spur, Tony Morella does a great job. You know, all his answers, you know, uh, I fully expect him to sign with Carolina. Just copy and paste that answer over and over and over again. But uh, yeah, I, hopefully this is not a McLeod marathon uh, with this one, but uh, mm. it, it's, it's not going to be like this week. I don't think mm. so. Mm. 
JC, I have to ask, it's preseason magazine season. Are you a big preseason magazine guy? And if so, which are your uh, your favorites? You know, I used to be. I still read Phil Steele. I, I get his magazine when I can. Um, just because it's such a good guide for, like, names and depth charts and, and things like that. And we usually have uh, – for those that don't know, I do a, like a regular college football podcast, JC and Morgan with Mike Morgan. And we always have Phil on every summer and he does just such a good job of calling, getting the right information out. Uh, I bet his job's infinitely harder in the transfer portal era, but um, you know, I'll read that one. I, I the, the ones I like uh, that are neat to me are Lindy's and Athlon doing the anonymous coach things. <laughs> I think that's an annual rite of passage for some staffer somewhere. It's like, hey, what are we going to say about Kirby Smart today? All right, well, hey, he's a butthole, you know, whatever. But um, hmm. all that's that, those are very interesting reads uh, hmm. to me, just because you always, uh, I think when you're covering one team uh, and you're kind of in that vacuum, you, you like to kind of hear what, not necessarily what the other media thinks, because I, I don't really hmm. care about all the, the other, other teams' media and what that media and what they think. I want to hear what uh, the other team's coaches and football people uh, from that side uh, feel and whether or not that's actually the head coaches or whoever that is, that's somebody inside their building saying something. So uh, I do find that interesting uh, uh, to read. Now, you know, I, I used to write uh, the recruiting part of it for, I did it for Lindy's and sporting news uh, and street and Smith's while they were still around when I was doing national recruiting. So uh you guys, it'd be, if you knew when those deadlines were, you'd be like, man, how'd you, you know, because the deadlines were like in May, you know, end of May, first of May, end of April, first of May. So that was, uh, that was always interesting. But yeah, I'd, I, Phil still would probably be the one I would still, still go to outside of those, uh, I guess, anonymous uh, stories. Yeah, definitely love Phil. We've had him on, I think, each of the past three summers, I want to say, maybe four. And uh, it's always a pleasure. I mean, all the stats and analysis you get. Yeah. And it's uh, like I said, it's it's that time of year, JC. We're about to start as we really put a pin in the 2023 baseball season. And we're going to start talking football to death. And I can't wait. One last thing, JC, because somebody hit me up. They said before JC's finished, you need to have him do his Gollum impression from Lord of the Rings talking about blue chip ratios. What in the <laughs> world is he talking about? What is What is this guy talking about? All right, so you know, my buddy Bud Elliott, he came up with the blue chip ratio, and, and it's mm -hmm. one of those right, – so the blue chip ratio is – it's like, okay, the, the, all right, the sky is blue. Mm. That is a fact. The sky is blue. <laughs> it's blue, you know. Uh, okay, so we know that. Um, and I always thought, okay, so the teams that actually win the national championship, not, not improve – not go to the playoff, not play for a national championship, not win a conference title, none of that. The teams that win the national title in college football, which is a hard thing to do, typically have half their rosters made up pretty good recruits, really, you think? Shocking. So I've always, I'm, I, I, I don't dislike the blue chip ratio. I just think it's the biggest captain obvious thing in the world. And it's kind of funny because Clemson almost like torpedoed the whole thing. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Like in 2016, because they were only at 52%. You know? Um, it it, it kind of... You know, you kind of tell on yourself because I bet if you watch, uh, there's a lag time where teams' blue chip ratios kind of inch up after they have mm-hmm. success. I don't know. It kind of recruit the same guys anyway. Um, but yeah, there is. I said they hold on to it like uh, Gollum from Lord of the Rings. It's like my precious blue chip ratio. Uh, and then I was like, and they probably gets mad. And I was like, and the defenders of the blue, all the media, the, the you know, the that's for the athletic. Like, oh my, the precious, you know. And I bet I mean, they're looking over at me because I'm like uh, criticizing it, going, the fat one, the fat one does not like my precious. <laughs> and then I said, hey, if I'm going to be one of the hobbits, I don't want to be either one because I don't like Sean Aston, and I think the other guy is just kind of a. Oh, that's not my kind of guy. So keep me out of Lord of the Rings, but I'll gladly take the fat one in that debate because I, <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, and look, I, I, you can't argue with it. it it's mm-hmm. like these, it's like, you know, Hey, how are you going to argue with those facts? <clears throat> However, I mean, I'm like, well, that's just kind of all it is. is oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's pretty obvious. <laughs> It's another one of those footballisms, JC, that we lean on in the offseason, especially. And uh, it might be the obvious, but uh, we lean on it for sure when talking recruiting oh, and trying to explain yeah. things. So it's, I'm it's, always, I, I look at South Carolina, like, how close are they or whatever? Yeah. What's going to be interesting in, in that, and Bud did address this when he released it this year, his this year is how is the transfer portal going to end up affecting this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what you're doing, you're just basically hanging on high school rankings. And we're living in a world where South Carolina beat Clemson last year with a transfer from East Tennessee, transfer from Wingate, a transfer from James Madison, all making significant plays. They wouldn't have won the game had it not been for those guys. Um, And I'm counting Jalen Brooks because he caught that ball down that set up that touchdown. But – you know, so it'll be interesting to see how that maybe changes things. But yeah, of course, the teams that win, you know, over half their players were blue chip recruits. That's, uh, I don't know. It seems to me like, you know, you go back in the day and that we probably can tra- probably trace that on back for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the bottom line is, too, Chris, and I, I'll end with this in college football, it's always been halves and half dots. You know, the, for every BYU that came out of nowhere in 84, and got voted number one or Georgia Tech in 90 that shared the title. Most years, it's your big-time blue-chip programs that win. I mean, how many how many even upsets have there been in the in national championship games? Well, you know, uh, Penn State, Miami. Well, Penn State, I bet over half their roster was still blue-chips. You know, uh, who were the under – Virginia Tech was an underdog in 99. Like TCU this past year, you know, is what we saw. So uh, – it is hard to win a national championship in this sport. There are very few Cinderella's, but uh, I've just always kind of thought that was just a, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm looking for a little more nuance as far as the uh, roster evaluations other than just a straight uh, 50% cutoff. Mm-hmm. So I uh, looking back on it, I wish I hadn't ranked Ben Bulware and Mike Williams four stars and just taking the heat. So 
we wouldn't have a blue chip ratio now if happened because <laughs> they were they were low they were low yeah. on the low four star ends. The teams with the best players win the most. Big if true, JC. Big if true. <laughs> JC Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spur. JC, always a pleasure, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll do it again same time next week. And I'll talk to you guys on Thursday on Inside the Gamecocks. Yeah. Look, looking looking forward to you being on, Chris. Talk to you soon, buddy. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done